0: The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the
1: hour of action. It's time for the John DiPietro show. And by the way, News Talk, WNRI, 1380 AM and 99.9 and 95.1 FM.
2: He's a special kind of sentinel. Mr. DiPietro,
1: who is in the eye of the storm.
3: Suddenly, John DiPietro became the story. Radio talk show host John DiPietro.
1: All right, here we go, folks. The Power Hour has arrived. Good afternoon. One and all, here I am. It's Juan. It's John DiPietro. Weekdays. We start at 11. We go till hey, AM 1380. 99. 23, 23 degrees. Good afternoon to uh, everybody on Facebook Live. We're going to do uh, open line for this open topic. Open line for this hour. It is a Monday. This is Jeff. Uh, there's a lot going on. I'm going to bring you up to speed on some of the news. But if you'd like to uh, call into the program, and I welcome that. I would love to talk to you on this Monday. 401-766-1380. First time call is a welcome. You'll also hear me uh, reference. Uh, we have so many that enjoy our Facebook Live. There's our friend Chris Moran. Hello there, Al. Thank you. Um ah, telling you, it's so disappointing. And even, you know, Al, I'll put, Channel 6 hasn't even covered. Uh, Juan, is the relationship between the president and Barr beyond repair? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I don't think there's any danger with it in any way, actually. I don't. I think uh, Bill Barr spoke out. The president doesn't have a problem with what he said. And I, 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 I think uh, I think they're going to be just fine. I could, uh, well, I'm not going to say I could be wrong. Anyone could, but um, let's see. But Bernie Sanders with the 10,000 at the rally. But this portion of the program is uh, brought to you by K's. Remember, lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. Stop by K's. They're waiting for you. Uh, I highly recommend the steak sandwich at Kay's or the lobster. Ro- yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong. The pastrami's delicious. Of course, I'm very partial to the roast turkey. I like the Swiss cheese melted on it. Uh, but whether it's the, uh, a nice roast beef is delicious. Kay's, stop in right across from CVS on Cass Avenue. I'm looking at some headlines. Will Bloomberg debate? Bernie is the top bet, 10,000 at the rally, and the race is intensifying. So let me get to it. You know what? It's also interesting. I just saw the two. I like how they do that uh, with the Drudge Report. The two pins, Bernie 2020. Which one do you like better? A Mike Bloomberg 2020. I like the Bernie one. Let me hold that up to those on uh, Facebook Live. You can comment which one you think. Just find my Facebook page, John DePetro Show, and you can do Facebook Facebook Live. I uh, I like the Bernie one. The little red wave underneath it. Mike Bloomberg 2020 with the white, both good with the blue and the red. All three have the red, white, and blue. I just think the Bernie stands a little bit uh, better. But let me read. So the big question is will he debate? That is still unknown. Speculation swirls whether Bloomberg will make the Las Vegas debate stage. Now that is this Wednesday night. Speculation is increasing over whether or not Democrat presidential hopeful Michael Bloomberg will participate. In the primary debate, open the stage to him. The DNC scrapped a donor threshold that had kept him out of the debate because he, he self he um, self funds. So he doesn't he doesn't fit by that, but he's spending more money than anyone. He needs just one more state or national poll putting him over ten percent to qualify. If he qualifies, he will debate, said the Bloomberg spokeswoman. Questions are looming about whether it will help Bloomberg to participate ahead of the Nevada caucus, of which he's not on the ballot for. Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, former Vice President Joe Biden, (laughs) and Senator Elizabeth Warren are all slated. Boy, it has come down to that. Bernie, Mayor Pete, Amy, Joe Biden, aviators, and Elizabeth Warren, those five. Bloomberg comes in, it's six, but it's down to the final five. And Biden is on life support. The forum could allow Bloomberg to look more transparent by facing off against his rivals. Even though he's been focusing everything on the president and he's really building up to Super Tuesday. Others say the move would be a waste of time. I don't think it makes sense because politically he'll not be getting any. Any mileage out of it. Whether he is physically on the stage or not, Bloomberg will likely be a presence in the debate. He's poured millions into the nationwide ad buys. His ads will be on the airwaves in Nevada. We can all safely assume there will be Michael Bloomberg ads running in Nevada while the debate is going on. It's different for the mayor because regardless whether he's on the debate stage or not, his message and candidacy will be on display because you're going to have candidates attacking him. Bloomberg, of course, has opened up to greater scrutiny. So I want to play the latest now. Um, Let's see. Let me just uh, finish again. The former mayor's campaign is on the defensive. Uh, Stop and frisk policy. Some uh, other remarks he made. Uh, I'm going to get a chance to debate him on everything from rescinding stop and frisk to a whole range of other things, said Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Senator Remy Klobuchar also voiced for support for having him on the debate stage, saying he shouldn't hide behind airwaves and huge ad buys. I'm also an advocate for him coming on the debate stage. I know that I'm not going to be able to beat him on the airwaves, but I can beat him on the debate stage. Sanders said he does not think he should participate. He said it's very unfortunate. That's what being a multi-billionaire is about. Some very good friends of mine who are competing in the Democrat nomination—Cory Booker, Julian Castro—work really hard. Nobody changed the rules to get them in the debate. Regardless of whether or not he does debate, he'll have another shot to make the stage in South Carolina, where the qualifying criteria is nearly identical. He will not be on the ballot in South Carolina, but appearing on the debate stage could benefit him with Super Tuesday right around the corner. So we'll um, find out about that. Now, The let me just uh, quickly find out. I do want to play the sound now, folks. And, and I want you to remember where you have President Trump yesterday at uh, the NASCAR event. And then you have, I'm going to play you the comments regarding Mike Bloomberg about farmers... And um, South Carolina debate, what's the date of it? Uh, Let me just quickly, hosted by CBS News, qualifications, South Carolina, oh, February 25th, okay. February 25th is South Carolina. What day of the week is that? So that's next Tuesday. It's starting to go fast and furious. Let me just put in debate. Just because I, it's going to be, um, I mean, Biden right now is on life support. He's going to have to do something very dramatic. Elizabeth Warren is on life support. She's going to have to do something very dramatic. Bernie Sanders is uh, leading the charge. But here is sound of former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg. And you tell me whether or not people are going to vote for him. where well, he diminishes the work of American pharmacists and machinists. So he is doing a forum. I don't know exactly when this was. Um, let's see, 2016. So not that long ago. Here it is. You could learn that. Here we go. Anybody,
4: even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. you It's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300, you could learn that. Then then um, you have 300 years of the industrial society. Uh, you put the piece of metal on the lathe, you turn the crank and the direction of the arrow and you can have a job. And, and we created a lot of jobs. One point, 98% of the world worked in, uh, in agriculture today. It's 2% in the United States. Uh, now comes the information economy. And the information economy is fundamentally different because it's built around replacing people with technology. And the skill sets that you have to learn are how to think and analyze. And that is a whole degree level different. You have
1: to have a different skill set. You know, what, what he minimizes there is I, I truly believe there are some people that have what I would call a green thumb. There are some people. What he also minimizes there is work ethic, is dedication of how you approach it. To dismiss it as you put a little ground, uh, you have some dirt, you put a seed and then, boom, you're a farm. It, it, it's far more than that. that. That is so insulting. You know, all these high-tech jobs, none, none of it matters if you don't have, you know, the proper resources and food. And to just dismiss it in that way. And then the same thing with machinists. There is such a thing as quality workmanship. There is such a thing as work ethic. There is such a thing as commitment to excellence. To dismiss it the way he does, it's very, very arrogant. And especially, that is hard work being a farmer. Real hard work. As a matter of fact, and and many times, whatever it may be, I told the story, I met someone that it's it's tough to find a lot of workers to work on the farms because the work is so hard. But what are you gonna do? What if you don't have people that will climb the trees to pick apples? Will climb the trees to get peaches or various types of fruits if you don't have that. If you don't have someone that properly you know, there's all sorts of things that can damage crops or different challenges that are there. That that is very, very insulting. Let me play. I think this is a a shorter version of that. here we go. In this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You,
4: it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a, a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300, you could learn that. Then, then um, you have 300 years of the industrial society. Uh, you put the piece of metal on the lathe, you turn the crank in the direction of the arrow, and you can have a job. And we created a lot of jobs.
1: You know, that is, um, it is, that, that, that's insulting. It's a lot more than that. Um, it's absolutely a lot more than that. And that, that is such a dismissive, that is such a New York, Washington, L.A. type attitude. You know, how much are the people supposed to take this business? That was like when President Obama said, yeah, all these people have is their, uh, you know, God and their guns. There is a fundamental arrogance and looking down at the people that truly do the hard work. The people that truly make the country run, you know, as George Bailey described them in the Wonderful Life, the people that do the living and dying in this town, as opposed to a Mr. Potter who just counts his money. Now, I want to play Saturday. Judge Janine talked about illegal immigration. And I want to play some of uh, play some of this. Um, she is just terrific. I got to find somewhere. I have a photo with her. This is her uh, Judge Janine on Fox News.
3: Literally packed with B-list candidates, Bernie, Biden, Buttigieg, and Bloomberg bumbles along with clowns tripping over their clown shoes to out-liberal, out-progressive, and out-socialize each other. The rest of us watch curiously to see who the winner will be. And as these Democrat primaries continue understand that you are looking at the most extreme leftist agenda America has ever witnessed. So you need to start worrying. In fact, you need to be afraid. These people don't care about you or law and order. I'll say it again. These people don't care about you, your safety, civil tranquility, innocent Americans, or law and order. Because if they did, they would support the police, law enforcement, ICE, Border Patrol, the military, and all the agencies designed to protect the safety of the American citizenry. But no, these leftists openly defy the law and protect those who are guilty of violating it. As a result, areas of crime are being created that endanger innocent Americans in sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. We're now beginning to see how the left's reliance on identity politics, which focuses on race, gender, class and sexual orientation, supersedes the issues of guilt or innocence and instead seeks to protect the guilty and punish the innocent. Now, just this week in New York, a 92-year-old grandmother was raped and murdered by an illegal immigrant set free by New York City officials who defied federal authorities, who sought custody and detention of that illegal individual. But this is nothing new. We've seen it in San Francisco, Virginia, and across this country where mayors and governors decide that illegals who are criminals should not be handed over to ICE for deportation, but instead be allowed to roam freely among us with whatever attendant harm they may inflict upon us. But folks, it will only get worse if a Democrat gets elected into the White House. So what does this have to do with the Democrat primaries? Everything. Those who are seeking to be commander-in-chief are part of this constructionist, ignore-the-law mentality. Bernie Sanders is an out-and-out socialist who calls America a racist society from top to bottom. And he believes that everyone should be able to vote, even felons who are in prison. He simply ...does not care about law and order. Now, Pete Buttigieg, a mayor of some town in Indiana, has proven over and over again that he simply doesn't know or understand anything about law and order. Michael Bloomberg is sorry for what he said when he talked about law and order and still can't figure out what he meant when he talked about law and order. And Joe Biden... Well, he still can't figure out whether law and order is a requirement or a television show. So these political clowns don't care that Americans overwhelmingly support enforcement of the law. So why wouldn't the left? It's simple. Their goal is power. They get that power when illegals vote because they know they've lost the vote of law-abiding Americans, the ones that support the Constitution the foundation of our laws. The leftists, on the other hand, prefer to subjugate the laws of the land, even if it means sacrificing the rest of us at their altar of political correctness and identity politics. They know that if they give illegals driver's licenses, which they can then use as a point of identification to register to vote, they get another voter. But you might not even need that. There are politicians interested in having illegals just go vote. And the latest leftist suicide pact with crime continues with the so-called bail reform. Now, it may sound great, but I'm here to tell you it's a nightmare. These radicals believe the imposition of bail is simply unfair, unconstitutional, and so they've decided it is unjust and have turned it into a simple get out of jail free pass but they are wrong the constitution recognizes the legality of the imposition of bail the eighth amendment simply says that it must not be excessive but folks it's not bail reform it's let them loose if they come back great and if they don't or commit crimes and victimize others while they're out well. So be it. Now, as you can see, from just one day in New York City, one day the front pages of two major newspapers reflect what appears to be a growing crime epidemic because of the liberal nonsense kumbaya BS, where a bank robber who had already robbed five banks was let out on bail to then go out and rob two more banks. And the other headline, where a career criminal would get this, 138 arrests, was again free to commit five additional crimes. Now, both of them should have been in jail pending trial. These were public safety emergencies. Yes. The purpose of bail is to assure the defendants return to court. I know that. No bail when someone, though, is a serial offender and a danger to the community sends a message. Go for it. If we give you no bail, we're telling you you're free to go out and re-offend. So should serial pedophiles, the ones who prefer to have sex with children, be let out on bail to simply re-offend? I don't think so, and I don't think you think so either. But these criminal justice issues highlight the radical difference between the right and the left and how they view your safety. The left has a history of allowing allowing crime to run rampant. Just look at these 10 cities with the highest violent crime rates in the country. They are all run by Democrat mayors. Coincidence? I think not. Now take a look at the next chart with the 10 cities with the highest number of homicides in the country. Every one of those cities As a Democrat as a mayor. That's right. So the next time you watch for the outcome of a Democrat primary, ask yourselves if you want a country that reflects the policies of these leftists on a national level, where the rights of the criminal are sacrosanct and the rights of the victim are simply non-existent where victims are ignored and where criminals are coddled as if they're violated and not the violators. If that's what you want, then by all means vote for the Democrat. But keep your eye on the bleeding heart socialists who don't give a damn about the rules, the weak leaders who find excuses for the criminalization by the offenders. Go right ahead. But as I said, you need to be afraid. You need to be very, very afraid.
1: You know, folks, I think she does a uh, fantastic job, Judge Janine. But one of the parts that I, again, folks, I want to play the whole thing. (coughs) Excuse me. It's John DePietro on this Monday. What really stood out is the fact, and this is something that we talk about, all this business, whenever you hear all of this talk about illegals getting driver's licenses, what it's really about. Is to enable them and have them feel um, for more comfortable about voting. That's that's really what the whole focal point is about. So obviously, you know, right now Bernie your is getting a lot of attention now. But is I com- like how she says com- that's Janine, who has the Saturday Night Show on Fox. They know that if they give them licenses, meaning with- they can use it, the twelve o'clock news, and then we'll identification be to register to vote. They get another voter. That's that's what it's about. That's what it's always been about. Uh, that is the entire focal point behind it. Now, as I've said also, we're, we're, we're a little bit different. Where we're a little bit different is in Rhode Island, as we have talked about and demonstrated, how people can register to vote. And they don't even need identification. It gets even worse. I mean, it's even more lax, which is a problem. I also want to just play, someone put out the sound of, uh, I mentioned when Bernie Sanders came back from his honeymoon in the Soviet Union. And uh, Ari Fleischer says, this is sickening. For 99.9% of us who remember how oppressive the Soviet Union was, it's disgusting that Bernie Sanders belonged to the fringe that praised it. Communism was a depraved system that forced people into poverty, subservience, except for the corrupt elite. And this is he, – when he came back, he was uh, – I, I, I want to hear a little bit of this. I remember hearing it a while ago. But he was just praising – think about that, the Soviet Union, how it fell, thanks to President Reagan, who we defeated them, the Soviets. Yet he was praising communist Russia. I
5: think it's also fair to point out that when we were in Moscow, for example – I think most of the people here also were extremely impressed by their public transportation system. The stations themselves were absolutely beautiful, uh, including many works of art, chandeliers that were beautiful. It was a very, very effective system. Also, I was impressed by the youth programs that they have, uh, their palaces of, of, of culture for, for the young people, a whole variety of young uh, of programs for young people, and cultural programs which go far beyond what we do in this country uh we went to a a, uh, a theater in yaroslavl which was absolutely beautiful had three separate stages where cultural programs are put on by professional actors and actresses including a puppeteer uh, area and the cost the highest price of the ticket that you can get was the equivalent of a dollar fifty
6: i'm jane sanders director of the youth office and um as, as Jim said, we're echoing each other. The, the city was beautiful. We were astounded with the openness, the optimism, the enthusiasm in, in um, the nation. We had, I think, the things that struck me the most.
1: Absolute was... insanity. Him praising the Soviet Union that we won and defeated. Those people can wait to get the hell out of there. The Berlin Wall, which Reagan said, take down this wall. Huh, my goodness. Wow. Um, 766-1380, 766-1380, wow. Well, there's the public teacher union, Bronx teacher who performed oral sex on a 14-year-old gets 10 years probation, avoids jail, and is allowed to keep her teaching certificate. Why? Because of the teacher's union. And they don't want to do anything to end that. Now, um, folks, uh, you hear me play his commercial. If you're a business owner, I want you to listen. Because our friend Sal, who is so knowledgeable, and I want him to explain to different people, and no rush to do it, how if you contact him, he can help you save money. And joining us is our friend. Sal. Good afternoon, Sal. Good afternoon, G. How are you? Uh, well, happy President's Day. Yes. Um, you know, we do play and people hear your commercial, but I thought today would just be a good day where you can oh. talk directly to people, no rush, and explain some of the different people that you run into and the services of how you can help them save money and communicate more effectively.
5: Yeah, as as I mentioned on the commercial, I I am with T-Mobile for Business now. I did operate my own small business for the last few years, but I am now with T-Mobile for Business helping small businesses in the state from all sizes, helping them and guiding them with their communication needs for their business, Uh, dramatically reducing some bills out there. I I recently had one of your listeners reached out to me. He's got a local plumbing company. He called me. He heard me on your show. He reached out. I said, Sal, what could you offer? I hear you on the show. There's no way you can beat what I'm paying right now. I, I got a guy over here. He gave me a really good price. Can you try to beat it? So I did. Actually, we I evaluated his plan. I took a look at what he was actually using. I saved him over 50%. He was paying close to $3,000 a month with AT&T for his small business. I brought him down to about $1,300 a month. Kept the same phone, still using his same iPhones, but lowered his bill. There's are so many different options out there that people don't realize that, you know, there's a lot of situations like this where I run into where I've got this grandfather deal, you can't beat it. But there, are, if you haven't looked at it in X amount of years, there are other options or other ways. And, and on top of that, this person didn't even have unlimited data. And that's another thing people think, like, oh, I have unlimited data, and they really don't. So really, you know, let me do the hard work for you. Let you run your business and let me re- take a look at your cell phone account, your wireless bill. Because I, I know how hard it can be and difficult to, to keep a track of these things. So let me evaluate your bill and see what you're using. And let me provide some new solutions for you with P-Mobile. So this happens a lot. And I encourage listeners to reach out to me directly. You can call or text me. My direct line is 401-332-0000. Again, 401-332-0000. And again, it could be a business with five lines or 50 lines. It doesn't really matter. I want to help your listeners. If you own and operate a small business, and we know how hard and difficult, that can be in the state. I mean, I get it. I used to do it. Every penny counts. So, you know, again, let me evaluate your bill, see what you're using, what you're not using. If some people are paying for phones, they're not even using anymore. They've had them on the account for years. It might have been an employee who who wasn't there anymore. They don't take a look at these things and take a deep dive into it. So, again, let me do that. Let me evaluate it. And, you know, I can provide some new solutions and, and savings as well. But again, call me or text me four zero one three three two zero 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 zero. Again, four zero one three three two zero zero zero
1: zero. Folks, there he is. Thank you, Sal. Our friend Sal. Call him; he will work with you. Seven six six thirteen eighty. Let's go back to the phones. Good afternoon. You're next on the John DiPietro Show. Hello.
2: Hello. Um, as I listen to your remarks about uh, how one of our superstars are saying that. Russia was fantastic. I had a brother travel all over the world most of his life in a national company, and he always referred to Russia as a great country. He said, "Of all everywhere I've been to, this is a country that I found so depressing. Uh, the people are not regarded as they're put forth by the government. And he's been there until he retired uh, two years ago for 20 years. And whoever came out and said how fabulous it is must have been in the wrong country.
1: It was Bernie Sanders. He believes well, in that. You know who said it? Hold on. Who said it was, the right now, the Democrat Party frontrunner is the person that said it. He also sided with the Iranians during the Iran hostage situation during President Carter's term. Uh, you know, anyone that was alive remembers that. I mean, we I, I went to Catholic school. We used to pray for the hostages. It absolutely, absolutely overtook the country. Um, it also launched, by the way, the show Nightline. That's what that how they launched the show Nightline because then they used to have an update on it. But that was he, he was siding with the Iranians saying that the Americans were there were probably spies and working for the CIA. Um, this is the guy right now who had 11,000 people at his rally yesterday in Nevada and he's the Democrat frontrunner.
2: Well that what does that saying for the Democrats Exactly you know I think of him education, means nothing. Yep. Unless you have practicality and you look at things the way they are, not the way you think they are. I think and what kills me he's from New England. Yeah, Vermont. Yeah. lord. Um but, you know, maybe we should pray for him because, God forbid,
1: he gets in. Well, tell us you, now, your brother, I'm looking right now. After returning from the Soviet Union, Bernie Sanders said he saw no no one deprived and said people seemed happy. Millions of people died from starvation. <laughs> you said your brother Absolutely. said the exact opposite. He
2: calls it the gray country. And the only you know, I just they, want to.
1: You know, I just want to clarify for people listening. He calls it the gray, gray GR. Country. A-Y. A-Y. Or, yeah, G-R-A-Y, gray country, but not the great country.
2: Gray, like gray, the color. Gray, not great. The gray. He, he says there's lines, and you know what? primarily for liquor? There's lines to buy liquor.
1: Sad. Now, the times have changed since they knocked down the Berlin Wall, but people like Bernie Sanders wanted and thought that the Soviet Union should stay that way, and the same thing with East Germany. Then
2: he doesn't know what these people went through. Uh, and I, I've had friends immigrate here from Russia, and let me tell you, it took a long time and it was they got over here because of contacts within businesses. They ended up going to one country and it's sometimes it's much easier if, if you're working in one country to get refu- go there as a refugee and then come to the United States. But let me tell you, they don't go back to visit. And uh, for anyone to say that is a happy country, I can't wait to get a hold of my brother. He, He will say, unless you've been there, unless you've done business with them, you can never even imagine. If you have connections, you live well. But if you're the average person... It's an entire different planet.
1: Now, is he, he saying it was like that when it was the Soviet Union, communists, or it's still like that?
2: It's no. He went. He, he's been there after. After, okay. Yeah, he, he, he's a relatively young man, and uh, he was in international precious metals. He went everywhere. Yep. He said, "Forget." He says, y- "You you think of uh, the." the uh, um, Arab countries would be the worst. He says, absolutely not. How come? Absolutely not. He said there was more joy in the the other countries as opposed to Russia. He could not get over it. And every time he had to go there, he says, oh, the longest, longest period of his life is when he had to go there. He said "It it, it is a sad country.
1: Yeah. And you think of, I mean... Bernie Sanders now, but see, he is a socialist. He calls himself Democrat communist, but a socialist. Excuse me, but he he actually, he actually is a communist, and course, he he course does not. believe in that. And you know, let me ask you, as someone, he
2: can afford to believe in it,
1: right? I agree with that. But what doesn't? It, didn't it doesn't does, does it trouble you that with the and you see it with the teacher unions and other union workers how? They sign off correspondence with yours in solidarity, and and uh, brothers and sisters, and so forth. Um, that whole element of yours in solidarity and solidarity—that—that—that's those are those are communist terms.
2: Do you know a lot of teachers don't even believe in that, and they wouldn't be in the union if it wasn't.
1: That they right, had but to oh, be but I'm just saying union. you you agree with, they do use of, those terms. Of course, yeah, and they're
2: socialist terms. What did you say before in Russia, anything that came through? You're thinking uh, the Olympics going back, et right. Come on.
1: Yeah. But on top of that, the, the whole system that we have in the government-run schools, which is what they are, the public schools. But you even right. look at Providence where the way it's designed, it's not on ability or achievement. Promotion is all based on seniority. They... They, they take away the initiative of someone to work harder than the next person because it doesn't matter because the pay all remains the same. And, and that is a communist form of, of rule.
2: A- absolutely. It is. And I've told you before, where where I taught, we did not have seniority.
1: Right. But they st- they still operate that way, which is... Most
2: of the unions do.
1: Yeah, That whole element, though, is troubling of the yours in solidarity. You know, union brothers, union sisters. It's, it's, um...
2: Well, there are no relatives of mine, I assure you. No,
1: I can imagine. So, you, uh, you agree, though, that, um, Sanders is a problem. He is definitely a problem.
2: He's more than a problem. Yeah. There's problems, and there's problems to the point where it's frightening. And he was frightening.
1: And he, but here's the point. I'm hearing these people saying... Well, the party's not going to go with them, and the party, blah, blah, blah. He, whether they recognize it or not, he has hijacked the Democrat Party. He has. He won Iowa. He won New Hampshire. He's about to win Nevada. All this talk about they're going to bring someone in, I, I just don't see how you effectively do that without causing complete chaos. I think after this election, I, I really mean it. I think, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but the Democrat Party that people have known and been members of, I I think it's come to an end. Because of the radical fringe, and they're socialists, that left of him, the squad. There's some locals that are like that. They're not Democrats. They're socialists.
2: I do not see the Democratic Party as the Democratic Party. You're right. You're right. You're going to have Republicans. And you're
1: going to have the Socialist Party. Yeah, I think you're right. And then you'll, you and will just you just have a large that, number of independents. And why
2: do you think they're trying to change our Constitution?
1: You're right. Good point. And you know what else? One last thing. Uh, there's new... Uh, I, th- I think it's a book out. I'll have to look for it. But um, that basically George Washington in the book, he was a cheater and a liar. See, this goes into... When you have Bernie Sanders and the squad and all of their followers, and as much as some people may dismiss him, I don't dismiss someone that has a rally with yesterday and 11,000 people show up. Or he had the rally in New York and had 25,000 people. Or he had a rally in California and had 25,000 people. When he talks about we need a revolution, they want to tear up the Constitution. They want to recreate the country into a socialist model
2: there's no doubt about it they do by their actions Yep, actions speak louder than words that's right but i just think of what type of people are in the at these rallies
1: you're right well they're cheering them on and i think a lot of them are misguided i i believe the high schools and the colleges immediately should start teaching why communism failed? Why ve- countries like Venezuela, socialism has failed. They they need to teach the history that the United States is not evil. People of means that are successful people should not be vilified. It's it's so far extreme the other way,
2: and they don't realize many people have gotten where they have yep. starting at the bottom sacrificing and working very hard. You're and right. I respect people like that. Yes, they absolutely. all weren't born with a silver spoon in their no, mouth
1: No, no. And people can disagree with Michael Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg is a self made guy.
2: Absolutely.
1: Right? Same thing with Mark Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos. Absolutely. Or they weren't given anything. They came up with an idea and they put it to the open market and they cashed in on it. But the vilifying of successful, wealthy people, it, it, it there's nothing positive about it. Thank you very much for the call. Folks, seven six six thirteen eighty. 1380 Now, I want to just quickly read this. The woman who was on that American Eagle passenger seeks, speaks out about the self-punching incident. By the way, folks, good afternoon. It's John DiPietro, 766-1380. Seat-punching incident. Okay, so she was on Fox. Posted, uh, said Monday, she started rolling the camera because the flight attendant, nothing to stop his behavior. You know, I haven't heard this. She was on Fox and Friends. I want to uh, play this and just hear, see if she changes my mind. I think she was in the wrong. Uh, I don't think she should have reclined. That man was wrong to punch. But I want to just hear her explanation of it. And I want to see if she changes my mind. Because I believe she should not have ignored, just because she had the right to recline. Here it is. Flying from
6: New Orleans
5: to Charlotte.
6: Take us back to the flight. What happened? Um... I was leaving a teacher's conference, and we got onto the plane, and the man behind me, um, as soon as we got in the air, I reclined, and he asked me if I would not, you know, I would put my seat back up while he ate, which I did, and about 10 minutes later, um, <clears throat> he was done, and I put my seat back down, at which point he started full-on punching the back of my seat really hard that I was flying forward. So at that point, I, you know, I was trying to get the flight attendant's attention and she wasn't responding. So all I could think to do was to video the guy and maybe I thought that would stop him. What steps are you taking? So you've consulted with an attorney. Um, You know, what steps are you taking now? (laughs) Are you going to sue? That is it as far as the steps that I've taken thus far. I am just consulting with an attorney. I've spoken to him. He's an aviation lawyer, and he and I are going to sit down this week and decide what we want to do because I just feel like I have been... Like, the hits just kept on coming, literally and figuratively, from the guy, then the flight attendant, when she finally did come around, she didn't, she had an attitude with me and said, what? And I said, the guy behind me is repeatedly hitting me. And she went back to him and, like, changed personalities and was the kindest person in the world Mm -hmm. and said, oh, are you okay? It's really tight back here. I'm sorry. And then she said to me, delete the video. (laughs) And I thought, why would I delete the video? And she walked away, and they started during service. And when they got to me, she said that uh, she made sure that the other flight attendant, I guess, quote-unquote, dealt with me.
1: Um, I'm going to come back to this in just a moment, folks. Again, this is the woman on the airplane on Fox and Friends. Um, But she, she says right in the beginning, when they were on the plane, he asked her, not to recline her seat because it was so tight and she's just ignoring it. Let me go back to um, or maybe that was it I think that was it actually you know I I, want, I different people have weighed in on this she um, it, it's tight just because the seat just because the seat reclines doesn't mean that you should recline it. I think it was rude. It's very tight. Once he made it clear. Like would you nine, There's no room for me back here. If you're reclining back into me. She ignored it. And was selfish like well too bad. Because I want to recline my seat. And just because. The seat does recline. Come on. You're in tight quarters. She didn't need to recline. She wanted to recline her seat. And I think this comes back to, this is like the classic of, and we see this so much in society, of the needs and the wants. Where people, they don't need something, they want to. Everybody's there. She could have gone along on the flight and not recline the seat. She has the right to recline the seat. again. I come back to, just because the seat does go back, and she, quote, has the right to recline... She's making the trip uncomfortable for the person behind them, her, whose seat couldn't go back. He's up against the wall. She knows it's tight quarters. It's a full plane. I I don't understand the rationale of someone that says, I'm still just going to recline and I'm going to film you from doing that. I'm not condoning him hitting it, hitting her seat. That's wrong. Um, And I don't know how the flight attendant. This woman now is looking for money. When she says that she, they asked her to delete the video, she then posted the video. And then, of course, it's been wildly talked about in social media. But could she have flown from point A to point B without reclining the seat? Absolutely. Did she need to recline the seat? No. She wanted to recline her seat. Even though it was disruptive and rude to the person behind her. Well, the seat goes back. It does go back. But the moment, then you have to decide. Well, there's different levels of where someone, um, you're interfering with someone, right? Let's just say you get on the flight and you plan on working whatever on your laptop And the person next to you says, if you don't mind, I was going to sleep during this flight. So I'd really like it if you don't work because that's interfering with my work or they want the light out. I I believe I think that's different because even though that person planned on sleeping, I, I planned on working. I'm just saying the individual. So. I'm sorry that you plan to sleep on it. I need to get this work done from point A to point B. I don't think that's being rude. But the element of could she have just sat there and not fully reclined her seat backwards? I, I believe the answer is yes. So therefore, that's why I come down. I, I think it was rude. And I'm glad one of the airlines, I think that was the CEO of Delta commented and said that she should have asked his permission. Do you mind if I recline? Well, she did. From what I read or you just heard her heard her say and he he actually objected and said, Well I, I really have no room. I'm in the last row here. Even the flight attendant said, Oh wow, he is he has no room here. So when you then do that, I I think that then you're just being rude. You know it's a problem. You know it's tight. Um well, now she wants to sue American Airlines I like the uh, I know I video uh, punching the back spectrum on is it okay to recline when sitting in economy I think it goes beyond that I I think it's just general it was it was rude to do she knew that he had no room to go she asked him apparently she said or maybe she did it and then he spoke up but then you just decide to just keep doing it. And then she films it. Now she wants to sue American Airlines. She's upset with the flight attendant. Um, Show a fellow passenger shaking her headrest. New Orleans to Charlotte. Claims she was injured in the incident. I mean, now that that was allowed to go on, I think the airline is going to end up having to pay this woman. Um... The woman said the airline defended the man, handed her a passenger disturbance notice when she refused to stop filming on her cell phone. She complied, decided to post the video. She decided to post the video. After exhausting every opportunity for American Airlines to do the right thing. The video racked up 2.4 million views by Thursday. Sparked a debate about who's the bigger jerk, the puncher or the poster. Social media users siding with the unnamed man pointed out that he was in the last seat on the plane, which doesn't recline. So her leaning back would have cut into his already limited space. American Airlines is refusing to bow to her pressure and said she called seeking compensation. She uh, already contacted an attorney. <laughs> um, but I, I, I come back. She claims she was injured in the incident. She knocked over a man's drink. And American Airlines denies that. Um, I I come back to, I think it was rude of her to be doing it. She knew he had nowhere to go. He's in the last last row. He makes it clear to her. And then she still reclines and does that. Come on. What's the matter with someone like that? I think that's rude. I think it's rude. And as soon as she had said that, and she was basically saying, I don't care. I don't care, you're uncomfortable. It's not the right thing to do. I have the right. I have the right to recline. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show is brought by K's. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, stop by K's. A gift certificate is always a great gift. There's Faye behind the bar. There's Danny in the kitchen. There's Jessica and Donna and Kathy and Allison and Nicole. Stop by K's right on Cass Avenue. They're waiting for you. 766-1380. Seven six six thirteen eighty. Uh Good afternoon. You're next on the John DiPietro Show. Hello.
0: Good afternoon, Mr. DiPietro. I think the airline's is at fault because if you can't, why are you making a reclining seat, period, that you know people behind you just to get numbers on a flight to get them to go where they got to go? So it's the airline's fault. Uh, it is hers, from, but she did ask him. He did ask her if she could keep it up till he ate. So he ate, and then she reclined. Now, that should be a lesser reclining number. Say it goes to six, then make him to go to three. Because if the guys at the end, and I've been on a plane, you've been on Southwest, you've been on plane, they're so tight when they recline. And I'm short. And they're so tight. Imagine a six-footer. So I think the airlines should redesign their uh, uh, seating uh, capacities or just don't make reclining chairs.
1: Well, I think that the chairs go regardless, so even if you're in the last row, there's nowhere to go, but I I still think it has the, I could be wrong, it has the recliner button on it, it's just, it doesn't recline because it's the last row. But here's the thing, I believe, um, could she have gotten from New Orleans to Charlotte with the seat normal, not reclined?
0: Yes, she could. maybe two notches I, back,
1: yes. Two notches back would have it, but yes. she could have done that. She knew it was right on top of him. Now, she claims (coughs) he said, please don't recline while I'm eating. She claims he said that. We don't know that. He could have said, listen, there's no room for me back here. Please don't recline, period. But she just took it as, okay, I won't while he's eating. But if you know the person behind you is cramped and the person behind you really feels cramped if, in fact, you recline back, I, I just think it's selfish to still do that almost under the guise of, like, too bad. I have the right to recline my seat.
0: yeah absolutely. I didn't know it was the last seat. However, did, does she know that the last seat doesn't recline? I, I don't
1: know. I, I don't know. I think so. I think they said that to her when she complained to the, the flight attendant. But I just – the she you know, the whole business – did she have the right to recline? You know, uh, well, yes, her seat, did, so. her seat did go back. Her seat could recline. If there was no yeah. one there, it's not a problem. But I look yeah. at it as you, you know it's a problem. You know you're making the person behind you uncomfortable. And you still just decide to do that, even though we both know you could get from point A to point B safely, comfortable, comfortable. In, and yeah. I think that's less than a two-hour flight from New Orleans to Charlotte. Well, that's not long um, at all. Man. It's not. It's a short flight. And you could do that not reclining. I think to to still recline back, knowing the person's cramped. I I think that that's rude.
0: Well, I think I did hear her say that I'm going to recline anyway. Which yes, that's rude.
1: Yeah. You know, so again, I, I'm not condoning also. the punching. I mean, I, I I agree. I know people say they're both jerks, but 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 what could have avoided that is if you say. Listen, I'm, we're going to be on the ground in an hour or, you know, 45 minutes, so I'm just going to sit John, normal they can, upright.
0: They can redesign their configuration of the seats just at the last three rows to the end to make it only go two notches instead of, let's say, there's six. So, I don't know, five. Make it only go two.
1: You know, that's a good point. That's a good point. So then you don't have that type of thing. I, I think you're, you I, no, you're probably You're probably right. You're probably right on that. Thank you for the call. He's John DePietro.
0: With his talk show on your radio, he's John D tune in your
1: radio. Go get him, Johnny D. Hey, folks, that's going to do it for this Monday. Tomorrow on the program, we'll have Donna Perry in studio and then Justin Katz. We normally talk to him on Monday. But instead, Justin uh, had a conflict today. He's going to join us tomorrow. Remember, visit DePetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And also, follow me on both Facebook and Twitter. It's John DePetro Show. But go to the website. You can contact me there. Uh, Stay tuned. The John Dion program is next right here on AM 1380.